Hello and welcome back to the She Leaders Podcast. My name is Nicole and I'm so excited to be sharing with you today because this subject, what I'm talking about, is so near and dear to my heart because it comes from my own personal struggle and victory, my own triumph with it um, through God, of course. And I know that I know that I know during this time, this crazy time that we're living in right now, that this is timely, that it is for you the way God spoke it to me. So I'm just so excited to be sharing this. Um, So this is a crazy time to be alive, right? So stinking crazy. It's almost hard to believe. It's crazy for so many reasons. But today we're experiencing a global pandemic, social distancing, and isolation. I don't know about you, but I don't like isolation. I travel a lot and and I'm always excited to get back home. When I come back home, I love a couple of days just to recenter, right? <laughs> Spend time with my family, get laundry done, but I don't like leaving the house. I don't like to go grocery shopping. I don't like to do anything. I just want to be home. But right now, this whole social distancing and isolation feels exactly like that. It isn't something I'm choosing. It's not something we're choosing. It's something forced upon us and and not by our leadership and not by our president and governors and everybody else out there. It's by this virus. And that is so hard because you can't see it and you want to just rebel against it. And I told my husband, I said, I I like being home and I wanted to be home this week. I planned on being home this week. But now that I have to be home, I so badly want to leave the house. To do what? I don't even know. I just want to leave the house. Well, my family calls the state of New York home along with 19.5 million other people. Yeah, that is a whole lot of people and a whole lot of chances to, um, well, let's use the word share. Yeah, yeah. Share this virus. But we are home, we're happy, and we're stocked up. And in case you're wondering, we have an appropriate amount of toilet paper in our home. Now, I understand that an appropriate amount varies by the level of panic you are feeling. So I'll clarify. We will not be booty scooting in our backyard for about two weeks. After that, I am trusting that if all the toilet paper is gone, that God will supply it for us like he did manna for the Israelites in the desert. So we did, we're not preppers. We didn't overstock, but we have the um, every other month, Amazon just delivers the appropriate amount. And that is what we're going off of because we have faith that there will be toilet paper in two weeks. And if not, I may be calling on some of you or believing that God will send it like manna. When I first heard about the seriousness of this virus, I had one emotion, fear. And I thought for good reason. You see, my daughter was five years old when she was diagnosed with a condition that only God holds the cure to. Because of this condition and a few additional ones like severe food and environmental allergies and complex migraines, her body is always fighting. It is always working overtime and triple time. This fight leaves her body tired and taxed to its limits on a daily basis. So even a cold can have serious consequences. As I was listening obsessively to the news, trying to stay up to date on how quickly this virus is spreading, what the symptoms are, and who is most vulnerable to it, I found myself tangled up in fear. 
my mind started going through the what ifs. You know what I'm talking about. What if she gets it? What if her body can't find it? fight it? What if she ends up in the hospital and they don't have what's needed? What if my mom who lives alone on the other side of the country gets it and I have to go take care of her? Then while I'm there, my daughter Nichelle gets sick. And what if I can't get back to her? Do you see where I'm going with this? Just the what ifs over and over and over and every scenario was popping up and each one led to a worse and worse scenario. Now, I like to plan, but this wasn't planning. This was obsessing. This was fear having control of my heart and mind. And here's the thing. God has no room to speak, calm, or bring peace when we allow fear to dominate. And I allowed fear to dominate. And I know better than to let fear control me. I have fought this battle before and have overcome it. And yet it felt new. I felt justified in my fear. Here's what's funny. (laughs) I recently authored a book titled The Silenced Army. And chapter two, chapter two for crying out loud, is titled Silenced by Fear. Seriously, I literally wrote the book on silencing fear. And here I was hanging on to fear as if it was my lifeline. As if fear was the key to staying safe and virus free. Fear gives us a false sense of control over a situation that is obviously out of our control. Fear controls us, not the other way around. That's why the enemy loves to use fear against us. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God does not give us a spirit of fear. So if God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, who does? We need to be hyper aware of where fear is coming from and why. When Michelle was five years old and all the way to today and her almost 17-year-old self, I wanted to protect her from her future, her condition, pain, struggle, hurt, and anything that might be hard for her. 11 years ago, sitting in the doctor's office and I was told there was nothing anybody can do past managing symptoms and pain. I was feeling helpless and fearful. So God in his grace took me on a journey, a long, stretching, winding, and uncomfortable journey. This journey wasn't about Nichelle or her condition or even conquering fear. It was about trusting him. I talk honestly and transparently about my journey in my book, The Silence Army, if you ever want to read the whole story. But during this journey is when I clung to Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now let's break the scripture down line by line because when you slow down and read it line by line, you can absorb the power that is in this scripture. It is the antidote to anxiety, stress, obsessing, and a fear, and it applies to anything you are facing today. 
So the very first thing this scripture says is don't worry about anything. Seriously? Like, that is so much easier said than done, right? You can't just like turn it off. There isn't a key. You just turn it right off and say, okay, I'm not going to worry about anything. I'm done. I think that's called denial. (laughs) So the very next word says instead. That means as a substitute, as an alternative, in place of. So don't worry about anything in place of. When those first feelings of fear, anxiety, stress, or the urge to obsess start to poke their ugly heads, this is the first thing you do. Pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You're thinking praying? Really? That's it? Okay, Nicole, this is where I get stuck. What do I say? How do I say it? Do I get on my knees? Do I bow my head? I've never been good at praying. This is about, this is like asking a lot of me. Let me tell you something. God is listening all the time. And his ears perk up and listen intently when you say his name. I talk to God in the car while I'm driving or doing makeup in the grocery store at the doctor's office, in the shower. Some of us sing, I pray, (laughs) because nobody wants to hear that. My conversations with God sound a little like this. Good morning, God. Holy heck, I am struggling today. My mind is racing with what ifs. I'm scared and nervous about the future. I want to control what happens around me and to my family. I know in my heart that you hold them in your hand, but my head doesn't want to believe it. My head tells me that because I can't see you, you aren't present. And I'm struggling with trusting you. That's just the beginning of my prayers. And I end it with, thank you for listening. I am honest with God. There is no reason to be in conversation with God and not be authentically you. Because he created you and knows you. What your heart looks like and what your mind is thinking. He knows when you're being fake in your conversation with him. So talk to him honestly and tell him exactly what is on your mind which leads to the next thing tell god what you need this needs no explanation tell god what you need tell him what you need god i need peace i need protection from the sickness virus i need protection from fear worry anxiety i need you i need you to make yourself real i need peace I need to consume less carbs during this time. I'm in my house surrounded by carbs and I need to consume less. I need to stay focused on you. I need to be an example for my family. I need to show Jesus to a scared world while I'm scared myself. I need to trust you and put my hope in you. Jesus, I need you. The very next word is and. And, and, and. Thank him for all he has done. Thank you for listening. Thank you that I have a family that I can worry about. Thank you that you are present even when I don't feel you and can't see you. Thank you for food and a roof over my head. Thank you for Jesus and for his sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for shoes and clothing. Thank you. Go deep with your thanksgiving. He deserves it. And you will find that your blessings outweigh your fears. Then, 
So this is after steps one through four. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. It doesn't say everything will magically be better. It doesn't say all your requests will be answered. It doesn't say no trouble will come your way. It says you will experience God's peace. Not just run-of-the-mill peace. Not sitting on a beach listening to the waves kind of peace. Or sitting by the fire in the mountains listening to the water from the stream near kind of peace. No, this scripture says God's own peace. The peace he is, the peace he experiences will be your peace. And then the scripture goes on to state the obvious, which exceeds anything we can understand. I have experienced this kind of peace when I silence fear and read, meditate on, and implement this scripture. This peace is beyond explanation. You have to experience it to know it and understand what this is talking about. God's peace is beyond words. Like the scripture says, it exceeds anything we can understand. All I know is God does not lie. And peace is possible during and in any situation. Peace is possible and he gave us humans, us mere humans, a path to it. Not as a magical potion, but as a path to him who holds this peace. Now, this next part is my favorite, my forever favorite part of the scripture. It shows God's love for us. It shows his presence in our lives. It shows how intentional he is. It shows us that we are never alone and that he, is, he will always go above and beyond. It says his peace will guard your hearts and minds. His peace will guard your heart and mind. God's incredible, incomprehensible, powerful, perfect peace will stand guard against the enemy's tactics to keep you focused on fear. But not just that. Guards stand to protect what's inside and to keep the enemy from entering from the outside. He will keep protected what he has put in your heart. His peace will protect your heart. Which leads to the last six words of the scripture, which are most definitely the most important part. As you live in Christ Jesus. As you live in Christ Jesus. Your relationship with Jesus goes beyond a one-way ticket to heaven. When you run to Jesus, have an honest conversation with him, tell him what you need and give thanks for all he is and has done, then the peace that is experienced in heaven, that is our God, comes down to earth, settles in your heart and mind, sets up camp, and then guards your heart and mind. But as you live in Christ Jesus, he comes first above everything else. I don't know about you, but I need that in my life. I need Jesus. I want Jesus. In this uncertain, crazy, and scary time, there's only one path to peace, and that is through Jesus. Today, we're cautious and careful. We're prepared, and we don't take unnecessary risks, but we are not fearful. I know that no matter the circumstance, God is good. 
When times are good, God is good. When times are uncertain, God is good. When times are scary, God is good. When times are bad, God is good. I also know that peace, God's peace is possible and it is a gift and it is yours. Today, reach out to God. Talk to him. Tell him what you need. Thank him for all he has done. And then enjoy God's peace as it guards your heart and your mind. Thank you for joining me today. If you're in need of prayer, our team would love to stand with you and pray for you. You can email us at info at nicolechavez.com, info at Nicole, N-I-C-H-O-L-E, Chavez, C-H-A-V-E-Z.com, or go to our website, nicolejavis.com, and click on Nicole, and on the very bottom of the page is a form you can fill out. We believe in the power of prayer, and we would be honored to be praying for you. We'll see you right here next week. Until then, I pray this scripture and blessing over your life. And it's from Numbers 6, 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you peace.